0: If you're an Android user and you're looking for a new way to listen to your favorite podcasts, you should check out the Podcast Republic app on the Google Play Store. Don't have to take my word as gospel here because there are thousands of positive reviews. One of the great features is that you favorite your favorite shows and they download right when they're posted so you don't have to think about it. I like to not think about things. I don't know about you, but I like to let the robots do the stupid stuff like remembering what day your podcasts come out. So check out the Podcast Republic app on the Google Play Store. Welcome to a very special Leap Day edition of Dissecting the 80s. I am Trip Lano, one half of the Mega Podcasting Powers, coming to you on a Saturday of all things to talk about a movie that's been four years in the making, Ollie Hoop Noodle's Haven of Bliss. With me, as always, is my tag team partner, a man who has just recently found out what a hoop noodle is, the Macho
1: Andrew. Andrew Lano. Yeah, Leap Day William uh, blessed me with
0: the knowledge of what a hoop noodle is. I believe it's just this gentleman's last name, but we may have to do some some dissecting of that a little further. We'll get into it, don't you worry. Uh, this film is a continuation of sorts of the adventures of Gene, who wrote the a uh, story that most people know him for, A Christmas Story, uh, as well as a bunch of other stuff. So these are more of his family adventures. This is a forbuary film that has been a long time in the making, uh, but we are here today to do some, some hoop noodling with all of you. So we watched Ollie Hoop Noodles, Haven of Bliss, and you know what that means. We gotta go back. We gotta go dissect the 80s. It's your Hope Noodles. Something's going to know about your Hope Noodles. When
1: the mega powers explode.
0: Hey wait, that's that's not the DeLorean. That looks like just like a car. Is that? Hang
1: on, my phone my phone just gave me a notification that it's I should be on the lookout for a a black Nissan Altima.
2: Oh, hey, uh, are you are you
1: tripping, Andrew? Uh y- yes. We, yes we, we are. Are, are we you are? um Uber driver? Yeah,
2: that's that's me.
1: Doc Brown was busy. He
2: um he sent me because he has a leap day party to go to, but he said I could take care of it. Uh, he gave me this thing. It's called a Savageinator. He said it works like a flux capacitor, but it's powered by Randy Savage. Whatever that means. So do you feed it Slim Jims? Uh, you do actually, indeed feed it Slim Jims. Yeah, and then you fire it up by saying. Oh yeah, I'm not very good at it, as you can tell. I'm I'm working on the impression. It's it's got it's got a little ways to go. I no, feel you,
1: you know what? It's a good workshop, buddy. Anyway, you all hop on in, and you plug in where you want to go in the Savage Nader. You know, I'm we'll, just I'm gonna st- I'm gonna uh I'm gonna put in headphones and like do some work on my phone, so you can listen to whatever podcast or music. Like pretend you have no one in the car. Like I'm gonna do my own thing. Put headphones in.
0: Yeah, we will both be independently doing our own thing until we get to Ollie Hoop Noodles, and then we'll we'll hop out and do our our, our normal podcast. Like, in fact,
1: I have a sore throat, so like this is probably I can't talk much beyond this right now. So. Right.
0: We we also aren't interested in your essential oils, or if you want to like try to get us to go buy a car or something. Uh, any of that is 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 okay.
2: Well, all right then. I guess y'all y'all hop on in, and we'll 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 take you to to wherever you need to go. Uh, thank you do uh do uh, one of you want to try doing the uh, oh yeah a bit if you think you could do it better or otherwise you could i'll just i'll do it i mean i'm that's why i'm here but if if one of you feels like you could do a uh good brandy savage i'm happy to
1: step aside no you know what like i said uh sore throat and uh headphones so
0: you go i could do it i mean i could try I don't know if it'll work, but it might be more effective than yours. I'm not again, no, no shade. I mean, I could. I guess if you're gonna try, I guess I'll try. Do you want me to try? I mean, I could do it too. Like, I, if your his throat is bothering you, I don't want you to feel, you know, like I just I don't have a conversation <laughs> with my Uber driver trip. No, I I get it, I get it, but like I I mean, we could do the with what if the impression being bad is a problem? That's all I'm saying.
1: Well, I think in that case, I should probably do it because I don't. I don't mean to be shady, but it feels like I have the better impression track record on this podcast.
0: Okay. If you feel you can do a Randy Savage, then I'll let you hear it. So I'm going to I'm gonna type in Ollie Hoop Noodles, Haven of Bliss here, and then uh, with this on uh, the Slim Jim. <laughs> yes. And then we put in this Slim Jim here, and uh, away we go. So fire it up with your best, ooh, yeah, Randy Savage style.
2: Ooh, yeah. When
0: the mega powers
2: explode, I'm talking about the year 2000.
0: Oh, yeah. Did he say the year 2000? Wait, what? <laughs> I he normally says I'm talking about the 80s, but I feel like I just heard the year 2000.
1: Oh, I see. I fast forward through our th- oh. through our theme song.
0: Oh, well, I'm pretty sure that's David Arquette and and Scott Kahn which which might which might mean that we're in. My childhood favorite, ready ready to rumble, Leap Day Strikes Again. When the Mega Powers Explode!
2: I'm talking about the year 2000. Oh, yeah. Great Scott. boom of the crop. Oh, yeah. Mega Powers, yeah!
0: When this baby hits
1: 88 miles per hour. They're gonna see some serious shit. Uh, right off the bat, I f- hit you for this. <laughs> Sorry, mom.
0: Uh, um, fair. I texted Trip before fair. we started
1: and said, "I hope you get food poisoning."
0: <laughs> fair, fair, fair. Um, I think there is a lot of interesting things to talk about given the age of this movie and its general vibe but uh it's fair it's fair it's a fair assessment we should have done vegas vacation i regret everything
1: or like literally any movie (laughs) uh hey i found i found tape of jeffrey dahmer doing his thing (laughs) do you want to cover that instead yeah sure
0: (laughs) Uh, this is a movie that was a real favorite for thirteen-year-old Trip because it starred his favorite wrestlers, uh, and also was a raunchy, gross-out comedy with, with it was mild, bisexless virgin nice guys
1: or sexless virgin nice guys. <laughs> virgin nice guys.
0: <laughs> it was actually written by Stephen Brill, who's written a bunch of stuff that you've heard of and some of which you may even liked. Really. Uh, yeah, he was a Adam Sandler collaborator, but he also wrote Heavyweights. Oh no, shit! Yeah, uh, is that on he- Plus? Heavyweights. Yeah, that was Disney, I'm right? Not sure, I think it is a Disney movie, but I'm not sure. Uh, he also wrote all three Mighty Ducks movies. Quack quack. Uh, and is involved with the new Mighty Ducks TV series that uh, is is coming out. Hmm. So. It makes sense why he did did a sports comedy. He also did that Elizabeth Banks movie, Walk of Shame, that was not very good a couple years back. I don't remember that movie. It, it nobody does. Uh, he also he, so he he also was a director. Uh, he directed Heavyweights, apparently. Uh, I thought hmm. uh, that was Appatel. Maybe Appatel co wrote it. But he also directed uh, Without a Paddle, another terrible. I remember that movie. Bro Seth movie Green, there. uh huh. Uh, Tom Green. No, is that his last uh, name? No, it was Seth Green and uh Dax Shepard, and uh the third guy. Isn't it Tom was... Green? No. Uh he does look a little like Tom Green, but it is Matthew Lillard. That is Matthew Lillard, uh done yet. Shaggy yes. is Matthew Lillard. Yes. Yes, Matthew Lillard. Uh anyway. So it makes sense. You hire the Mighty Ducks guy who does like Kid ish comedy to do this 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 wrestling movie, but the part that is like so depressing about it is like wrestling is so weird and stupid and wonderful, and there's like almost no wrestling fun in this. Well, also like this movie isn't about kids or even teenagers. No, like, they're they're adult. It's not men. it's not
1: like it's the wizard. Like they're full ass adults, and I think you explaining that, you telling me that makes the movie make a lot more sense. That like if these were children a lot of this dialogue and fanaticism and idiocy i can forgive
0: right so here's the thing they act like high schoolers right like they, they act seem like, like
1: old middle school like they act oh, like eighth okay. grade
0: okay okay they drive cars but they are like middle schoolers but the thing that's crazy is like that they need to be adults for a bunch of reasons <laughs> and so they just yes. are but they're they're not adult people um this movie starts with David Arquette, who rattles off. Go ahead. David
1: Arquette, I don't, I, I think I don't care much for David Arquette. I'm learning. Okay. okay. He always, he always looks like he's about to lie to you about liking your outfit.
0: <laughs> That's a
1: very specific thing. But yeah, I guess. I, that yeah. look on someone's face when you're like, do I look good in this? And there's that flash on their face. where are like, oh God. And then they're like, no, you <laughs> rock it. Like. Outside of Scream, the Scream franchise, where I think it's because in the Scream franchise, he's not supposed, like, he is the dumb one. Right. He's not, like, that movies. those movies are about um, Sydney and about Gale Weathers. Like, they're the right, stars, right. and he's just there to help.
0: Yeah. Uh, I agree with you. I think David Arquette's ceiling is, like, a decently funny third or fourth guy. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't dislike him, and uh, there's some the wrestling related stuff that we can talk about now or later. Uh, perhaps perhaps makes a little more sense now. Uh, so as part of the promotion of this movie, uh, WCW, the company who's involved in it, decided to make David Arquette their heavyweight champion of the world, a title belt that's been held by like every. Well, not every, but many famous wrestlers you know, like, you know, Ric Flair back in the day, and and hmm. Hulk Hogan, and, and Diamond Dallas Page. So wait, did movie. WCW beget WWE? No, they were competing companies, and then WCW went out of business, and WWE bought them. Gotcha. So, so and Vince McMahon own. was WWE, or F, correct. I Correct, yes. Yes, yeah, correct. Is this was Ted Turner. It-
1: is Sinclair supposed to be Vince McMahon or something?
0: No, Sinc- I guess kind of, maybe. But Joe Pantoliano's character is based on a guy Eric Bischoff, who was the head of WCW for a number of years. He worked for both companies over over his wrestling career. He also uh, was supposed to play himself in this movie. I thought he was a wrestler. No, no, he was a he was the head of the company. Oh,
1: he looked. <laughs> He looked like a wrestler in the Wikipedia photo. I was like, oh, that dude's a, a Yeah, 15. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, he was like an on-screen guy, like a manager type, of the, like company manager, not wrestler manager. Okay. But he was going to play himself in the original incarnation of this. He got fired like right before, and then they brought in a real actor. But as bad as this movie is, imagine it with another professional wrestler as a key character and just think about what you would have been in for. Was he fired...
1: By, he was like, fired by because he couldn't. No, act. no, no. He
0: was not. He was fired from WCW, not from this movie. Oh, from yeah, the company. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Got it. it
1: just, towards the end, it felt like this movie was like making a lot of jabs that I was. I was like, are, are these references that like I don't get because I don't. I know shit about wrestling. No,
0: they are. Okay, right. it's Thank just you. like generic slobs versus snobs. You Except know, it's going to close the rec center.
1: Diarrhea versus solid poop, like. <laughs> No one wins.
0: There literally is so much diarrhea in this movie. <laughs> I hate it. And <laughs> so I like stupid. So here's the here's the part about this movie that I think turns it from horrible 2000s piece of trash, which I think is a valid, valid argument to perhaps almost a genuine piece of art in a weird way that is accidental. And that is this. Throughout this movie... There is no clear delineation over whether or not wrestling is real. That's not true. Each scene seems to independently choose whether or not wrestling is real for that scene.
1: No, I thought it was very clear that wrestling is fake.
0: But then it's a real fight.
1: Yeah, because this guy is not actually in the league and was not at rehearsals or was given like guidelines.
0: You know but what I mean? The, but the David Arquette and Scott Ca- Kahn characters don't know that wrestling is fake. Because they're idiots.
1: Yes, they (laughs) were. Several people throughout the movie have told them this is all fake. Yes, and they're like,
0: "No, it's not." So like, but then the other characters are introduced who are like, like for example, uh, what's her face? Well, what's his face? Uh, The old old guy, Martin Landau. Sal. Yeah. Sal Bandini is the character. Well done. Uh, For him, wrestling. I got Sal. (laughs) The wrestling's not fake
1: for him. Well, because he's not teaching, like. He's teaching high school wrestling. Like, he teaches, like, actual wrestling, not, like, performative wrestling.
0: But he is a perform a retired performative wrestler. Oh, is he? That was Yes, unclear. yes. He's based on, like, a bunch of other people. Anyway the part that I was getting to before, that's the part where I think this is really interesting because like literally from scene to scene, this movie makes a different choice on whether wrestling is scripted or unscripted. And that is the part that I find genuinely fascinating about watching. This is like, it doesn't ever make up its mind about the central decision it needs to make because either this needs to be a movie about like the backstage workings of a scripted wrestling program, or it needs to be a movie about uh, the backstage workings of an actual fighting program. And, Either way, it's interesting, and instead they go, well, we'll just pick and choose as we go. Like, for example, at one point they say that Oliver Platt's character hasn't lost in, like, 15 years, which is impossible in real fighting and insane in scripted fighting. Yes. Yeah, I wrote two
1: different times. I was like, this would be a much more interesting movie if... And I'm trying to remember what they are. They'll pop up as I see them, but...
0: So, but anyway, so the thing I was getting to with David Arquette, which I think is also, like, a minorly interesting tidbit here is uh, he – so, WCW was trying to promote this movie. They make him their actual world champion as part of their scripted television show. And fans, like, riot over this, right? Like, this is – Obviously, everyone is in and knows that it's fake, like it's a scripted program, but there's a difference between just like randomly assigning the the title to any arbitrary person who walks off the street and giving it to someone who like is part of the company and has earned it, so to speak. So people yeah. lose their crap over this. And for, for a long, 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 long time, David Arquette is like kind of a pariah because he was a legit wrestling fan. He made this movie because he loved wrestling and he wanted to you know hang out. Yeah, you can that. tell that he very much loves wrestling. It doesn't make you want to look at his
1: face for an hour and 45 minutes,
0: but you (laughs) can tell he enjoys it. It's way too long. It's only an hour like 35 because they put like a five minute blooper reel. Hello, year 2000 in there. But yes. And, Um, And several montages. Yes. But like four years ago, David Arquette, who's like pushing 50 at this point decides I'm going to go train and be a wrestler and sort of make up for my past misdeeds. And so for the past four years, David Arquette has been a fairly in-demand independent wrestler working all over the country. Wait, working. in the
1: like, in the My Boyfriend Joey Ryan circuit independent? Yes,
0: exactly. So he he's probably wrestled Joey Ryan. I would, I would imagine that that has happened.
1: Is his his shtick that he's, like, the actor David Arquette, like, handsome face?
0: And he is... Not that he's handsome. I don't think David Arquette's that handsome. (laughs) I want to go on record. So, like, a wrestler will, like, slap him, and he'll be like, Hey, I'm a Hollywood actor. My face is how I make my money. How dare you? Hmm. And so he kind of leans into the fact that people didn't like him. And because he has leaned into this and also done some truly stupid stuff in terms of, like, jumping off of high things and all sorts of dangerous stunts, wrestling fans, like, legitimately love David Arquette now and are like, you have more than atoned for this sin that you have pushed upon us and are like, oh, my God, you did this. You've done this really cool thing. But I also love if you look up pictures of him, his tights have like the scream mask is on there and like different references to uh, the, the, a big old spider from arachnophobia or not arachnophobia, eight-legged freaks, um, oh, which is oh, a, yeah. which is a David Arquette movie that you obviously can't watch, but I we'll think it's legitimately watch. great. Like it's so fun. B movie stupid. But anyway, uh, I think that's very cool that he like made this big mistake with this movie. And then also the parts of it that went along with it and was like, you know, I'm going to try to make some retribution here.
1: So like, Scott Kahn is objectively hotter than David Arquette.
0: Yeah, I would, would not argue. Why was he not the lead in this movie? Scott Kahn has best friend energy. Like, of the most extreme order, Scott Kahn has best friend energy. But, like. In the year 2000, David Arquette had leading man energy. I know that sounds like a crazy sentence now. <laughs>
1: It does because even like I know him from Scream where he's a second banana, if not a yeah. third banana. Thir-
0: he might be a fourth banana in Scream. Oh yeah, because Rose McGowan. Yeah, yeah. Rose McGowan's the third banana in Scream. Is Rose McGowan in Scream yes, she is in Scream. She, she is plays. she plays okay. his sister. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. I don't
1: remember Tatum. Tatum O'Neal? Tatum nope. Ryan. I don't I don't know. Her name is Tatum. <laughs> oh,
0: the character, the character. I was like, wait, I'm very confused. Tatum O'Neal, not in Scream.
1: No, Tatum is Rose McGowan's character. Dewey is his character.
0: Um, yeah, so he that, but Scream was so big. I think in Scream 2, he's like closer to Second Banana guy. Like his story was on be- the rise.
1: Well, cuz also cuz Rose McGowan was gone cuz she died in first Scream. Right because only like three people survive, right? It's it's Gale Dewey and Sydney. Right. And the two Cause, ladies cuz Matthew Lillard and um um FP Jones Skeet Rich. Yes. Um uh,
0: die. Yeah. So also at the point where this movie is coming out, Scream 3 has also come out. So our cat Star Yes, but he was like in the second movie, which was huge, and then he was in the third movie, which was not as huge. So I think it just was like a everybody had a big crush on the on the old Arquettester. I think they were just
1: like Courtney Cox is into that. I I guess I should if she's into that. I guess I definitely should be into that. Like if that's he, her bar.
0: He also managed to parlay uh, putting <laughs> the getting the title into getting Courtney Cox and also her co star who was very famous. I can't her remember Friends? who was no. it a Friends person. I don't think so. Uh, but anyway, he got like a bunch of famous people to appear on WCW television because he was a famo. So like, he had like a thing where he had the title belt and Courtney Cox was there like admiring it. Huh. I want to say maybe, maybe up, it's right? like a Cur- what's that? They're broken up, right? Yes. I want to say maybe it's like a Kurt Russell type. Like anyway, this is not that important, but he, it, he parlayed it's more it into- interesting.
1: Than this goddamn movie. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it was Kurt Russell, because she was filming 3,000 Miles to Graceland when it happened. So that's Kurt Russell. Uh, he's an Elvis impersonator, and he's uh, in a heist. <laughs> I mean, that sounds real fucking cool. <laughs> it's a bunch. Of, I own it. It's a bunch of Elvis impersonators who do a heist. It's Is like, Quentin
1: Tarantino there?
0: I don't think so. Don't he think played it. He
1: played an Elvis impersonator on the Golden Girls once.
0: Oh, really? No, I don't think he's there. Um, That will be, uh, once we hit enough people on Patreon, we will have a different, perhaps monthly show, perhaps a bi-monthly show that is just us going film by film through Kurt Russell's whole filmography, which will take us like two decades because of how many movies he's been in. And then we'll branch off and include Goldie Hawn when they meet. Yeah. So he starts this movie off. It's David Arquette doing this monologue about like how wrestlers are these like ultimate heroes of everything. I thought it was Scott Kahn. Doing the oh, it is Scott Con. You're right. I'm sorry. But the thing that's wild about it is almost every single person they named was a major WF, WWF name. Like, they name Andre the Giant and all of these people, and it's like, not a single one of them wrestled for WCW, which is the company that was involved with this movie. I guess to make Oliver Platt seem like a bigger deal? Maybe, yeah. And we go from that... He's re- also to- preaching to children, which
1: is weird, because they're, I'm gonna say, 30?
0: Yeah, no... I- I think they're 22 to 24-ish. I do, genuinely. Is that what 2022 22 looked like? <laughs> Look, it was a hard live in 22. But if these guys are 30, then they're, like, why is he just now going in for the cop exam? I I read it as every time the
1: cop exam comes around, my dad makes me go.
0: So Scott Kahn was born in 1976. So in actual Earth years, he was 24 when this movie came out. So yes, that is what 24 looks like in the year two. Yeah, no, you said 22. You said 22. <laughs> okay, I was off by two years. But yes, he is talking to children, which would make sense if he was like a 17-year-old and talking yeah, to children. he's the cool older kid. He's right. the
1: older weirdo guy who's talking this, to children.
0: This is why I think this movie is also almost art. It's weirdly almost backwards fell into a pile of art, is what I'm saying to you. No.
1: There are cool moments like this. Yes. We trans we transition into the the 11 or whatever convenience shop.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, where all of a sudden it's these weird like dreamlike close ups in green light where they're yelling at each other, and I was like, "What is happening?" And then they're they're cadence... cutting like
0: wrestling promos on each other.
1: It doesn't start that way. At first, they're just kind of yelling, and yes, then their yes. cadence flips into that like. This is for this is one line to show the audience and then like that kind of stuff. Uh huh. And I was like, "Oh, we're wrestling, okay." And then Arquette grabs the clerk and pulls him over the counter. And as he like like they're in the 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 Wawa essentially, he grabs him and as he flips him over, the camera angle switches and suddenly there's a ring in the in the Wawa, but all the aisles are still there. Yeah. And it's a really cool shot. I was like, it's wait, super this cool. is cool. Yeah, if this yeah. is what this movie is going to be like, I'm not mad. Yeah. And then two minutes later happened and I was like, never
0: mind. I'm just <laughs> mad. You get glimpses of a much better movie that is like desperate to burst out of this bad movie. And it's like, I, that's why part of what I felt like this made a lot of sense for the show is like, it is a quintessential thing that we talk about where it's like, there is a good movie in here just like dying to be released and it's just not there.
1: Yeah. Um, also, while I, While you were watching this movie, you texted me and said, uh, I don't think I'm going to make you, I I don't think I can force you to watch this. Yeah. And uh, then later said, you know what? I think it's good. We can watch it. (laughs) So I would like to know when we get there, plot wise, tell me when the first text happened and when the second text happened. When we get there, as it it shows up. I don't know
0: specifically, but I can make my best guesses yes uh also just to point out the clerk is played by frank zappa's son ahmet one of one of his children just for a little trivia tidbit for the people mm-hmm. out. Of- and macho man Randy savage shows up yes for, for all too brief because he is a shining glimmer of hope in this movie i wish there was more of him like 100 percent, 200 percent more so there's a big double pin they like it's, it becomes david arquette and oliver platt's character versus uh who's jimmy the king uh which is also weirdly like one syllable off of Jerry the King Lawler, but that's a different thing. Oh. We could, who was a WWF guy and also like a big territory wrestler, but that he still is around today and still wrestling. He's that
1: he's the character in this movie,
0: basically, yes. Uh, against Randy Savage and and uh Ahmed Zappa's character, and then they go for a big double pin, and a ref flies in from nowhere and and they and they pin. But this is where we learn that, uh because they cast Oliver Platt as the wrestler, he, like, has to do some wrestling, and so they had to figure out what to give him as a finisher, and so his finisher is a double axe handle off the top rope, which is basically just, like, holding your two fists together in one big lump and hitting somebody with it. It's also As you jump. Yeah, uh, off the top rope. It's basically what William Shatner does for all of Captain Kirk's fights, which is a big double axe handle all over the place, which I think is just because they were... Unafraid afraid of having him throw real punches or something. It's really, very stupid looking.
1: Yeah. There's a few elbows in this movie. Um, but again, I don't really watch wrestling, so I don't know what's normal for like your basic quick melee moments.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Elbows, yeah,
1: elbows, punches,
0: strikes, etc. are pretty common. Yeah.
1: Um, it's funny. So Oliver Platt, I kept looking at it and being like, I know it's not Jon Favreau, but he's a Jon Favreau type. <laughs>
0: yes. And except I'm- 20 years older.
1: Yeah. But you know, but like, I was like, "Oh, he's that?" I was like, Who, "I, what do I know Oliver Platt from?" I forgot to look it up.
0: Ah, uh, Lake Placid.
1: Oh, I'm sure there's something else, but okay,
0: yeah. So this is where, like, immediately I know where you've turned because you go from this like kind of cool dream sequence to literally David Arquette with his finger in his butt.
1: Yeah, I was like, <laughs> "Why is it look like your fingers in your butt?" And he goes, "Cause it is." And I was like, "If I could throw my phone <laughs> out of a window."
0: Uh, he is using his finger in his butt to make it smell bad so that he can get a free Slurpee refill because he doesn't have the dollar and a quarter necessary to pay for it. Uh, it's so bad. (laughs) It's just like, it's not even clever. Like... No, it's, it's for dumb
1: babies, which I was when I saw this. Mel Brooks does poop humor. Yeah. But he does it in a way that feels elevated and smart. Sure, yeah. Uh, Stephen Brill does not. This movie could have used a Mel Brooks to be like, look, oh, we're going to sure. clean it up a little bit.
0: Yeah, a little rewrite, and this is a much better movie. Uh, so this is when we get the cop dad that we talked about a little bit before. He comes and basically arrests his own kid and berates like, him for fake liking arrests, wrestling. Though. Yes, but berates him for liking wrestling. I feel like a few
1: well-placed letters to be like, hey, it looks like our taxpayer money is going to a dad trying to discipline his very adult son. Yes, uh let's do something about that
0: yeah no for sure (laughs) is his his small adult son as opposed to a large adult son this is where david arquette screams wrestling is not fake which is in every trailer for this movie and so that's why i just wrestling is unequivocally fake yeah okay agreed people prefer the term scripted but you know what i mean yeah so for sure if
1: if david arquette is not real competition if David Arquette had screamed, Date, wrestling isn't fake, it's scripted. Yeah. That tells me a different thing about his character. Yes,
0: that he has Him an saying, ounce of
1: intelligence. It's not fake tells me he's a baby. Because even... Yeah. Was there ever a time when you were watching wrestling, like, into wrestling that you thought it was real?
0: Sure. I was seven. Okay. Okay, there. That's <laughs> fair.
1: But I, you, I assume you figured out pretty quickly that like, oh wait a minute,
0: the, like, I guarantee you at some point I had a k- uh, kayfabe shattering moment where like a camera angle was poor and you saw a kick miss by a mile and then the guy react like he got kicked.
1: Oh, that's like I saw backstage footage where they were like sharing recipes and hanging out. <laughs> I mean,
0: also that my was wife, a thing. my wife made you cookies. Yeah. Yeah, well, see, okay, part of the reason why I find wrestling so fascinating as like a cultural thing is when you hear stories of it back in the day, they went through great lengths to make sure people didn't know it was fake. And then in the 80s or 90s during the steroid trial, Vince McMahon just came out in public or in a court proceeding and was like, "It's not real. This is all scripted." But before that, like good guys were only allowed to travel on the road with other good guys, or if they didn't, they had to be secretive about it because if they got caught together, it'd be a big problem. And uh, there was That's so this, fun. there's this legendary story where, uh, this guy named Harley race, who was a huge, huge bad guy, was a world champion for forever and ever in lots of different places. But so one night, uh, he's out at a bar and one of the big things back in the day was these wrestlers, if they were out in public and some drunk idiot challenged them, like had to be able to win the fight. Cause if you got beat up, it would be a thing and people would know it. So he sees this woman. Jeez, is this like
1: the seventies?
0: Yeah. And before that, but like legitimately some drunk idiot would come and try to put our fight with the wrestler and the wrestler would just literally have an actual fight and beat them up because they c- it couldn't get out that they could like if you lost the bar fight, it'd be like, well, how do I know he's how is this guy the champion? This must not be real. So like wrestling is an insane how are there p- lawsuits because if you lo- like it was a back in the day thing, people didn't sue as much. Hmm. But there's this legendary story about this guy, Harley Race. He's in a bar and he's a bad guy at the time. So he like is a dastardly villain, but he sees this woman being assaulted and he beats the piss out of the guy who was assaulting this woman. He just like beats nine shades of shit out of this guy. He comes out in the crowd, like to the match and everyone has heard that he saved this woman. And so people are cheering for him and he's supposed to be a bad guy. And so he like hit the ring and just absolutely destroyed the person who was in there, like legitimately beat up a guy because he had to get his heat back, so to speak. And which is like the wrestling parlance for like, I had to make them hate me. And so he like legitimately beat the crap out of a guy. And it's like, they're the, all of these things are bad, right? Like it is bad to assault a person. It, uh, both of the things that happened here were bad. I have a little bit more leeway if I'm like decking yeah. the guy, assaulting a woman. I, as a I pretty... have. I'm gonna I'm gonna put a hand up and turn
1: my face yeah, if yeah. you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Both of those things are objectively bad. Although one of them I have like less of a problem with personally, but it's like the world is fascinating. Like it's full of these stories, and it's like genuinely so interesting to me because of how weird it is. It's a very weird weirdo subculture. Now, like, everybody knows it's, it's a story that you're watching on TV, and it's a soap opera and all that stuff, so it's all different. But the stories from back then are just crazy. So, it's very obvious that it's not real now, and if you don't know that it's real, you're probably a child. And in 2000, that was also true, but here's the main characters of this movie, like, screaming about it every chance they get. I, I just, I didn't, because they seem so stupid, I was
1: just... I couldn't – I wasn't engaged. I couldn't get behind them because they didn't feel endearing or – because they're grown-ass men. Right,
0: right. They're grown-ass men who run a sanitation company that, like, pumps out uh johns which we see here in a moment. Uh, and they have tickets for the wrestling show that night and Scott Kahn and – This is the K- scene I remember. Okay.
1: From they- you. But my brain <laughs> – my brain deep faked Sean William Scott into this.
0: Yeah, which is like not that far off. No, it's
1: not. Except, except my brain said Sean William Scott was the one who locked someone in.
0: Ah, the okay. Board of John. So you, you switched David Arquette. Okay. Shockingly, um, my brain was
1: like, "We gotta put a more <laughs> handsome dude in here." <laughs> who else we got for that? that makes sense? Sean William Scott. Yeah, copy and paste. Interesting.
0: Interestingly enough, Sean William Scott is in a better version of an almost similar movie called Goon uh, that I don't know if you've seen, but it, I believe is. On is that the Netflix one about the ho- the hockey fighting? Hockey enforcer, yeah. Uh, he's excellent in that movie, and it's a similar. It's a. It's an actually, it's a good movie, unlike this one. But the sequel to Goon is very similar to Ready to Rumble in stupidness. Yeah. Uh, But Scott Conn, they've cleaned out these porta johns they have this disgusting truck full of poop, and Scott Conn needs to use the bathroom, and he's, like, adamant that David Arquette shouldn't do this thing to him. So, of course, 13-year-old me is like, oh, someone's going to get poop on them. Hooray, my favorite joke. (laughs) And so he says, if you do it, Jimmy King will get hurt, and then David Arquette does it. Smash cut to, we're at the wrestling show, and we learn that Jimmy King is indeed going to get hurt.
1: Yes. Well, also, we learned that the, the extent of their misogyny and disgustingness at the drive-thru. And homophobia. Oh, rampant homophobia. Yeah. And also homophobia, but also I'm scared to be called gay. Like, specifically, I'm scared to get called gay. Right. This movie is so scared to be called gay.
0: But it's interesting that at the end of the movie, Scott Kahn goes a complete 180 on this. There's Have literally so. a line of dialogue where he says, I love you to David Arquette. Arcan- oh, and yeah. Elizabeth, and he's like, I'm a man and we're not afraid to say that we love other men. There's this like weird subcurrent of they don't want to be these guys, but they are these guys. And it's like this movie is so weird. It's such a bad movie. Also, the woman
1: in the drive-thru that Scott Kahn ends up sleeping with, the brunette. Yeah. I know her as the fairy godmother in the Disney Descendants movies. Oh
0: no way. Is that what she she's she's doing that now, huh?
1: Yeah, she's the fairy godmother and she's on cameo and her like th- her like intro video is like, you probably know me as the fairy godmother from Disney's Descendants. For twenty-five dollars, I'll record a video or whatever it is, I'll record a video if for video. If it's your friends.
0: twenty-five dollars, we had we should have gotten her on this podcast. I didn't even
1: think – I mean, I just noticed it now. We'll get her on. We'll yeah. find it. We'll see how much it costs. She can't be that expensive.
0: Yeah. It's also one of those very stupid – so th- this this part is also – just speaks to the stupidity of this movie that David Arquette is like, you should just ask out the girl you like. And then he does, and the girl rejects him because she's like, you're a dorky loser who loves wrestling. Meanwhile, here's this other very cute girl who loves wrestling and wants to talk to you. And he's like, ew, no, get away. You're not blonde. But then they're – Well, eager. he says
1: she's like one of the guys. And he goes yeah. –
0: so that makes it gay. And I was
1: just like, I want to stab you in the throat with yes. an ice
0: pick. Yes. But I they, they so they instantly go for a like you should just ask her out to when she puts says like, no, I don't I don't like you. He's like, well, you should give it up. And I'm like, oh, my God, he's actually saying the right thing. Like, you should shoot your shot. And if you fail, you should leave it alone. I was so impressed. Yeah. For once. For the only time. Meanwhile, they're eating their cheeseburger meals that they've purchased from this fast food establishment, and they're sitting on the back of their poop truck, which is literally leaking poop as they sit and eat. It looks like the frozen, like the coffee slushy drink that you would, like if you went to the icy machine, but there's a, what's that coffee drink called? They used to have it at Wawa. Frappuccino? Maybe. There was, was it Was like a self-serve dispense frappuccino? I remember it being a thing for like a hot minute and then going away. But it was it like was a like, frozen coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like icy consistency, like a, mm-hmm. an icy, icy e drink. But yes. it is just brown icy dripping out of this pipe as they sit and take huge bites of hamburger. It's so <laughs> horribly foul.
1: And it's not even a bit. Like, again, if this was a no. Mel Brooks movie, it would be a bit that they would, be, they keep, would keep complaining about the smell or something.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, why does it smell so bad here? I don't know. It must be the burgers. We get some old lady cursing. I believe by the same old lady who curses at Adam Sandler in the Wedding Singer. I think she's the old lady rapper from the Wedding Singer. Oh, uh, so I I know what. <laughs>
1: I know the Wedding Singer more from the stage musical than I oh. do from the actual movie. Okay.
0: Well, is there a rapping granny in the stage? musical? Yeah, but
1: it's but it's um, Julia's grandmother in the in the stage show. I think
0: she's Julia's grandmother in the thing too. Oh, is she? I wasn't. I don't. All I remember is Adam Sandler giving her singing lessons, and she pays him in meatballs that she just plunks directly into his hands, which at the time I found very funny. And at the end of the I still movie, find that funny. she raps "Rapper's Delight," and so it's this old lady being like a hip, a hop, a hip to the hip into the hip, hip hop, and you don't stop.
1: Yeah, she sounded familiar. I couldn't place her. So, uh, so David Arquette's family is all police people. His sister and his mom and his dad. And they all look the same. Yes. In their little outfits.
0: And this scene um, is shot with like a really funky fish eye. Like all of these things are like if it, it's almost like Better Off Dead for like little glimpses. I was gonna say it's like
1: it's like glimpses of Better Off Dead and Heathers. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And like, like I'm not
1: mad about a version of Better Off Dead slash Heather's that happens to be centered around
0: professional wrestling of the Lake right, Hatties. right.
1: That seems kind of weird and fun and cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. Especially like these cops are so excited that the oldest daughter shot a man today. They're like, she got her first perp, and then they all shoot the refrigerator. Like it's such a weird movie. You know, it would have been a cooler. This is not this. It's not even
1: a rewrite of this movie. It's just I've changed the movie. I've thrown out your script and given you a new one. Would be if this movie was about Jimmy King, but he was, like, going crazy, and so he kept flipping back and forth oh, between yeah, this yeah, is yeah. real and this is not. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love this. I'm so into like, this. That's, that would be such a cool idea of him flipping. if Like, you could see the world through his lens, like, the dream lens where everyone's evil and mean, and like, act- they're actually fighting for honor, and then it flips back, and it's like, this is just, like, a dingy mat, whatever
0: yeah oh i love this very much this is Copyright so good House, that's a, House, tm it's a great idea uh so we get to we get to the wrestling match finally uh and we get a little ray mysterio action who's still wrestling today pushing 50 still diamond wrestling dallas? today no is diamond it? dallas page is diamond dallas page and he also just wrestled oh. like a week ago <laughs> oh he's handsome he doesn't wrestle regularly. Other weird thing in regular wrestling, like that I was watching at the time, DDP, super good guy, the Supermaniest Superman good guy, like wholesome, squeaky must have clean. Must been fun for him. Yeah, yeah, but bizarre choice to take a guy who's normally a good guy and make him the dirty scoundrel in this. Probably because he's the best actor of the wrestlers that they met. Would be my guess. Probably, but also
1: it kind of leans into the kayfabe that like. Oh, he's a good guy. He's acting in this movie. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. No, I agree.
0: I agree. It is cool wrestling. There is some cool wrestling choreo. The other guy. uh, So there's two guys, one wearing like a tank top with long black hair. His name was Billy Kidman. He was the one who choreographed most of this movie. Uh, So it was honestly the the choreo is the best part of this movie. Oh, for sure, it's fun. Like it's fun looking wrestling, and they figure out a way to hide Oliver Platt well. Mostly, there's a couple obvious stunts. Uh, it's my favorite kind good. of like
1: Avengers fight, like when like Black Widow fights in the Avengers. It's a lot of flippity dippities and like leg work.
0: Yeah, yeah, which is wrestling. Like I keep every I time every time we talk about that, I'm like, you realize that's just wrestling. You you just like wrestling. <laughs> it's Just you should maybe try watching it. Uh, and then
1: I watch Joey Ryan.
0: <laughs> yeah, so Joey Pants is like. Talking to DDP and also this guy, Goldberg, who uh, also is still wrestling. Yeah, Sinclair is Joey Pan- Joe Pantoliano. Wait, Pantaleo. no,
1: Goldberg Pantaleano. isn't here, is he?
0: Yeah, so this is the scene where Joe Pantaleano is, like, talking to DDP. And Goldberg walks up, and he, he's like, so you're going to lose to Jimmy King. Don't worry about it. Then Goldberg walks away, and he's like, scratch that. I want you to beat the piss <laughs> out of Oliver Platt. I want you to get a bunch of guys and just
1: massacre him. I like, don't remember Goldberg from the beginning of the Interesting. I also... Kept thinking that Sinclair was David Cross. David Cross. Isn't
0: oh, oh, yes, 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 yes. He does have a very David, soldiers. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, He has yeah. a very David Crossy look here for sure. I was like, this is David Cross, yeah. right? No, yeah. it's not. But here's the thing: is like Oliver Platt, Joe Pantoliano, uh, Martin Landau, really good character actors, which like is. Th- Every time those guys are on screen, the movie is significantly better than when they're not. And so it's like, it oh is. boy, more of them, less David and Scott, please.
1: Or like I honestly, Dave I thought Scott Kahn was doing just fine with what he was given. Yeah. I, I, it boggles my mind that they've like rested this movie on fucking David
0: Arquette. <laughs> Sorry, David. I like you. It's okay. So they start wrestling. And in the wrestling match, this is part of the stuff that's crazy. It's like, you hear DDP going. Diamond Dallas Page, by the way, I'm just going to use DDP. I figured you all got there on your own, but just in case. He literally, they start wrestling and he's like, give me a shoulder tackle. And then, you know, Oliver Platt gives him the shoulder tackle and DDP does a big bump. And then he does, he does a bunch of fake wrestling here. Like he goes along with it being scripted and they go. And then he starts really punching him.
1: Yeah, and it's I liked the little they're having a conversation as they're wrestling, but it's quiet and they're not mic'd, so like no one could hear but them. Of like, hey, buddy, it's fine, just do it this way. Like, yeah, which I is almost, which is what wrestling is. I almost wanted them to be like actually talking. Oh, like, like hey, having- I tried out I tried out that the recipe you gave me this weekend. Like <laughs> <the cinnamon laughs> you keep was- going
0: back to wrestlers. And I recipes. know it's the most. <laughs> <laughs> just because wrestling. the words sound similar wrestler and recipe they're different you know this right wrestling and recipes is my new youtube show there is multiple wwf cookbooks so oh my
1: god so have you ever detour have you ever watched the um bon appetit back-to-back cooking videos on yes YouTube? they're hilarious yeah have you watched the one with the wrestler which who was it uh, he, I don't know, but he is a gorgeous mountain of a man with a beard. And he, oh,
0: Braun Strowman. Yeah, yeah yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. It's adorable because
1: he's so, they don't even look like the same species. He's
0: like seven foot tall, weighs about 350 pounds. He was a legitimate huge power lifter.
1: Yeah. And he like he's like picking things. It's like watching Andre the Giant. He's like <laughs> yes. picking up this. Yes. He's like, oh, this this is a teaspoon. Like that's a ladle. And they take it out the <laughs> hand. Like it's great.
0: Yeah, no, I legitimately, uh, everyone knows the goals of this show. One, I want to drive the Wienermobile. Uh, Well, one was getting us to We should tweet at them because Grace and Amory got to go in the Wienermobile. I have tweeted them so many times. Like, I keep being like, hey, has anyone ever recorded a podcast in the Wienermobile? Because we should be the first. And uh, like multiple times trying to get this to happen. Um, Number one was Halloween Horror Nights, which we checked off thanks to our Patreon listeners trip drives the Wino-Mobile, still awaiting a checkmark new goal i would i need to be on back to back cooking i need to I would, be on back to back cooking
1: i want to be on back to back cooking so bad
0: yeah i like the two of us on there with uh, carla would just be the dream of dreams we can do it a triangle back to back to back yeah yeah exactly we all independently go i just it would be so good we're obviously not nearly famous enough to make that work but it needs to happen
1: no, but I was so tweet at Bon Appetit.
0: Yeah, and Carla
1: maybe. Oh, I've I, Carla and also Brad from the It's Alive. Oh,
0: I am obsessed with Bon Appetit. Uh, Brad, their and YouTube channel is on fire. Yeah, it is delightful. Every single one of them is great. Rick, Claire, and- who's never tried any food in the world,
1: <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I'm gonna be making a Twizzler. I've never had a Twizzler, and you're like, how have you never had a Twizzler, Claire?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, Molly, they're all great. Literally, I. I We'll watch anything on there. They've had, Priya is a new person they've gotten on who does, like, really interesting recipes. But if you're interested in cooking at all, go check out the Bon Appetit YouTube. Yeah.
1: Even if you're not Brad, interested in cooking. Brad, I th- Brad and Car- uh, Carla are my two-faced,
0: though. Because, like, they're the most, like, silly fun, it feels yeah. like. I, I, honestly, Brad and Carla ideal people to go to a wrestling show with i feel like that if that brad would be would be so much fun at a wrestling yes, show i know it would be a true dream like i i wrestlemania was in the new york area and it was truly stupid they didn't do like brad goes to wrestlemania
1: yeah it'll be a uh, great time
0: yeah I'm glad that we talked about this. I didn't know you were also into BA on I YouTube. I love it, them. Is, it is truly the best. Uh, so everybody tweet at BA and tell them to have Andrew and I on back-to-back cooking with Carla. We need to do this. Yeah.
1: Wait, get, going to WrestleMania is not on your...
0: No, I don't. I I think it would be too. It's like seven or eight hours long and it's just too much wrestling. I had free tickets to a show in Baltimore here not too long ago and it started at three and by six thirty there was still like a full hour left and I was like, I'm just I can't I got to go. I got other things to do Yeah, but it was just it's too much. It's like it's like I love chocolate, but I don't want to eat 16 pounds of it. You know what I mean? That's fair. So anyway, um, the movie this, up to this
1: point has told us that Jimmy the King is always late. He doesn't show up. He's horrible to work with. Like, they've painted him in a way that says we should hate him. Yes. And so I like Diamond Phillips being like, yeah, no, kick his ass. Di- see, like-
0: Diamond Phillips. <laughs> <laughs> what's
1: his name?
0: No, it's not. You're thinking of Lou I said, Diamond what's Phillips.
1: His- <laughs> I said, what's his name then? DDP. Diamond Dallas Page. Just say DDP. Da- da- Dallas Page. Whatever. So, <laughs> <laughs> When he is, like, kicking the shit out of him, I'm like, yeah, do it. Because as a performer, I'm like, if there's someone
0: who just is that shitty to work with, get out. Get the fuck out. Yeah. No, I agree. The other tough thing with this is I often skip entrances in wrestling because, like, you watch a two-hour wrestling program, like, 15% of it is people walking to the ring playing their music, and I just skip ahead. And I really wanted to do that in the movie. They make you watch so much entrance time. Yeah, well, so this is my question, because
1: all of a sudden, the match takes a very sharp turn where Diamond is just beating the shit out of the king. Yeah. And it, I, I was like, wouldn't the audience,
0: like, think this looks weird? Somewhat, but probably not enough to think it was like out of like crazily out of the ordinary.
1: Oh, uh, that's like, yeah, just See, I was like, I feel like they would think it was different. And then David Arquette, they just keep smash cutting to a close up on his stupid face <laughs> Screaming Making one choice
0: I will say There's one Of the like Four legitimate jokes That I think are great In this movie And it's when They're like They show them In their seats And the obstructed view Is literally a beam That makes it so You can't sit in the seat Unless you're like Laying parallel Yeah yeah, they show them with like literally a beam pressing down, so their chests are on their knees while they're sitting in the seats, and it's, I laughed legitimately, even though I knew. At least coming. they
1: got full view because I once got obstructed view seating for Tarzan, and it meant the balcony cuts the st- in the balcony above you cuts the stage in half. But we put up TV screens so you can see the whole stage.
0: Yeah. So they start. Well, first of all, me and Gene Okerlund appears for a minute to do some some talking. Oh, yeah. So that so that's nice. Uh, unfortunately, one of the three dead men in this scene, the other two being Bam Bam Bigelow and Mister Perfect, who arrive shortly. Wrestling mm. is not good for the long term health. Uh, so they all conspire, you don't say. <laughs> they all conspire to beat up Oliver Platt, and they do this thing where they call it a four post massacre, and they have four people jump on the top rope at the same time. They, it's fun. The fact that they were able to coordinate that stunt is legitimately impressive. It's so hard to time that up right and not hurt anybody.
1: So obviously the king gets defeated and then fake David Cross comes out and declares Diamond is the new champion. I can't believe you
0: don't know who Joe
1: Pantoliano is. I probably do, but he's got such a a David Cross look in this movie.
0: I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But they also introduce during this fight that, that... Oliver Platt hasn't lost in 14 years. And from a fan standpoint, I cannot think of something more boring.
1: Yeah, I agree. Oh, we, uh, did we mention that there's the sexy dancing girls that just get objectified and misogynized?
0: And They were an actual part of the WCW show. I mean, I believe that. You're, but the you're, way they're, you're totally correct. And that this is no different than how they were used on TV. It is yucky. But I'm just telling you, that was a real thing. It's just awful that in the movie, like
1: imagine being... You're like, oh, hey, I'm I'm the sexy dancing girl in the WCW, but hey, we're going to be in a movie. Maybe we'll actually, you know, it'll be about, like, some stuff and we can actually be a thing. And instead it's just these two piece of shit dudes drooling and, like, turning into the mask when they yeah. see girls yeah. dancing in vaguely risque outfits. They really
0: do cartoon wolf auga face. And then Scott Conn later dresses like one. Yes, Um, also in the part before the double cross happens, DDP starts actually fighting Oliver Platt. And one of the moves he does in the movie as a real fighting move is a slingshot, which is where you have someone laying down on their back, you grab their feet and you fling yourself backwards and like yank their feet up, which pulls them to their feet and then up and over and Oliver Platt goes through a table on the outside. Oh, that's nice. That's not how physics works. You can't slingshot a human in a real fight. (laughs)
1: I agree, yeah. Um, but so I thought for a second that Jimmy King was, gonna, Oliver Platt was going to die.
0: Oh, yeah, it certainly is set up like he's going to die. It's the music gets creepy and somber. Cause he's like, he asks uh, Joe
1: Pantaleon, like, why? He's bleeding and like lying down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, Cause I can. And I was like, no, tell him cause he's a piece <laughs> of shit. Yes,
0: exactly. Yeah.
1: But like, cause I hate working with you cause you're garbage and a monster and blah, blah, blah. Like, because then he has impetus to change right and it could spark the rest of the movie
0: right it would give him like a reason to do the things that he does there's also uh, a just a plethora of dick shots right before the four post massacre which I found very funny that the camera is yeah. just like only showing dicks uh so we cut to the guys crying in their poop truck on the way back from the show and then because they ran to the ring To the ring to try and like climb in and help him. Yes.
1: Which like again, you're grown ass men,
0: right? You know this isn't real. Yeah. Back in the day, people would do that, but you. This is long past the days of that. Like yeah. Um. So they're crying. Their truck flips. Yes, it's a really good truck. But why did their truck flip? They hit like a thing, and he. I think he swerves to avoid a possum or something. This movie just pads so much oh for sure it's a it's a 70 minute movie that it runs for almost 100 minutes or about 100 minutes
1: yeah and like there's so much not like this didn't have to happen
0: yeah no it doesn't and the only reason it is in here is so that in a couple minutes another truck can crash and it's a toilet paper truck and ha ha ha, now there's toilet paper and poop on the road that's it Uh,
1: when that happened i wrote all caps this movie fucking blows and then uh, my next note was all caps i hate you trip This is probably
0: about where I was waffling on whether we should do this movie. Although I will say we're only partway done, but it feels like we're doing okay in terms of laughs and such. So maybe maybe it'll be okay. I love that the cops, like, there's a moment where the, the fire department and the cops are, like, both arguing over who has to clean up the poop, which, like, neither of them do. There's highway crews to do such things but then the cops leave and the firemen leave and they just have to hitchhike back to town like they didn't yes, offer they them any get, assistance they're
1: 130 miles away from home
0: right it's buck wild that they just left them in the middle of the desert
1: but i just i can't get into these characters and their motivation and anything about them because they're just such idiots they're stupid and they don't know
0: they're stupid that's a good point they don't know that they're stupid. It's not like an earnest situation.
1: Yeah, but I will say it, Scott Kahn can get it.
0: And you see his butt in this movie it's like a nice in every butt. Scott Kahn movie. He's he is the most notorious butt shower i'm aware of
1: you told me that and then i googled scott con butt and not much shows
0: up but he he has his butt out all the time he has his butt out and i think it's a deleted scene in boiler room that i sent you a screenshot because i googled this when we were talking about it. Is that the
1: one where he's like in a suit having sex yeah buddy with his it's like he and his buddy having sex next to each other
0: yeah yeah Scott Kahn, Notorious Butt Shower. They keep interpolating fanfare for the Common Man, which is like a really famous piece of music that I'm sure you folks would know. I can play a few notes of it here, but it's the, like, it sounds like, you know, day is dawning, inspirational score kind of music. They keep playing it, and it is so out of place to use such a beautiful piece of music in this stupid movie.
1: Yeah, and then we get, uh, for some reason, nuns singing for three minutes.
0: It's way too long, but him playing running with the devil and cutting away and cutting back and all the nuns know running with the devil legitimately funny. I'm sorry. It's a stupid movie. If that movie. was yeah, the a song be- they sang. Yes. It, yes. Was a, it was a poorly edited joke. Like the joke should be the nun singing, finishing a song, like ending a song and him being like, I'll do one. And he starts playing you know, and they start singing running with the devil, cut away, cut back. And then they're all like running with the devil cut to them, leaving the car. It should be about 14 seconds, but yeah, it's-, it's not. And is this Scott Farkas? Uh, no, it is the guy from uh, American Pie who uh, is the Shermanator, I believe. I don't
1: think I've ever seen American
0: Pie all the way through. Ah, well, you you missed out. Uh, this is an American Pie-influenced movie, for sure. Uh, American so- Pie was pre-2000? I'm pretty sure American Pie is 99. Huh. Anyway, they joke about the nuns farting and then we see this, this Scott Farkas looking kid playing the worst looking video game of all time at an arcade cabinet and he invites these two men back to his house to use the internet to find out where Jimmy King is and his 2000s era internet pulling up his exact address is a delight to me. As On is, a giant laptop. Yes, yes. Uh, as is Scott Khan, knowing all the words to hit me Baby one more time and just like unabashedly getting into it. That's, like, it's, again, one of those things where his character, the words that he says and the things that he does are so not together. Mm-hmm. We get
1: a gr- yeah, the, the, the fake website he goes to is beautifully shitty. He's able to print, like, he literally goes, oh, this is his address, and then reaches over to the printer and pulls a paper off that is printed. And I was uh-huh. like, wait a minute.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that didn't happen that quickly. <laughs> you
1: didn't hit print step yeah. one. And that didn't come out of the printer. It was just there. They and also then Caroline Ray shows up.
0: Yes, Sabrina's aunt. Also, these two are wearing the same clothes they were wearing in the poop truck crash, which was at least 24 hours ago, if not longer. They must be the worst smelling humans in history. This movie has no logic trip.
1: I got so excited when I saw Caroline Ray because I was like, oh, are we gonna like, he's trailer trash. He lives here. This is like, this is his wife. Or this is his mo. No he's not here which means caroline ray is not going to be in the rest of the movie
0: she does come back you get two caroline ray scenes briefly yes but this movie could have used (laughs) oh for sure they shot her out in one morning yeah they were like hey we'll get you a day rate and a crispy chicken sandwich Uh uh-huh and she was like yeah sure that seems fine i get to kick oliver platt in the dick five times let's go for Mm -hmm. it His son. Let's do one
1: more for safety.
0: Yeah, yeah. We meet his son in this who has no relationship with his dad because he's told Deadbeat, and the kid's teeth are a true nightmare. (laughs)
1: It's awful.
0: Uh, She makes a joke about calling ATT, which is funny because David Arquette did the ads for that company. ATT? One eight hundred. Okay. So before people had cell phones you needed to make collect calls a lot and they were competing. One eight hundred ATT. Call ATT. Yes. So David Arquette did those ads. Because
1: it was also carrot top at one point.
0: Right. Yes, it was. Uh, There were also 100 collect ads that were, uh, you know, about abound abound at that time. So this is like a montage where it starts to become a road movie and then stops becoming one and then goes back to it. But they uh, they go to see the parents of Oliver Platt, who are like who they think are dead in a plane crash, but turn out to be just like two regular Joes.
1: I think that's one of the big things that pissed me off about these two main characters is that they keep being presented with evidence. Yes. Like. It's like you're taking a tour of the factory where they make the red flags. Right, and right, like, right. I don't see anything.
0: Yeah, it's incredibly stupid. And they finally catch up with him in a trailer park where he's disguised as a woman for some reason. Half heartedly. Yes, half heartedly for sure. And he invites him into the trailer under the guise of taking an appearance fee. They plead their case that they need him to come back and vanquish the bad guys. And he basically is like, I give up on all that. I'm a broke joke. Go buy me some beer. They have, like, a heart-to-heart of, like, should we do this? Should we not do this? Scott Kahn kind of wants to bail. I don't remember that at all. I
1: remember that they are like, hey, we want to help you. Let's get you some beer. We'll buy, We'll go on a beer run. It's the least we can do for you. Right. And it's just, like, why are you still trying to curry favor? Because literally the previous line was him lying to you by yes. saying his wife left him and his parents just died.
0: And his son is, you know, in a wheelchair and yeah.
1: they know all of that is
0: false. Right. He's he's a turd through, like, the majority of this movie, but they go back and forth. I don't think he really changes. No, he really doesn't. He, like, he has performed the actions that are, like, I've changed, but he doesn't make any meaningful character growth.
1: Yeah, it, I hate it.
0: Uh, so and he, then he tries to
1: actually come clean and be like, look i'm not who you think I am. like this is all fake none of this is real and then they're like no it's your, you're you know that can't be true
0: yeah so they convince him they're like look we know about porta potties so we have this grand plan that we're going to go to Madison Square Garden and we'll hide you in a porta potty you'll burst out and attack Diamond Dallas Page and you'll get your belt back so they do this they drive to new york it's on tv he bursts out they have a little squabble he pins diamond dow's page randomly and they count the pin and they're like we win we win even though these idiots know that that wouldn't be a sanctioned fight like they know the rules
1: but also this it's just assault
0: right it is he just, it's just aggravated in. assault right which is a normal part of wrestling but in this case because no one's sure whether things are real or fake it's very hard to tell okay and then they skis
1: on the fucking dressing rooms and yes. I wanted to stab them.
0: Yeah, it really sucks. And it, it's Rose McGowan kind of intercepts this and blows like tells them to fuck off, which is nice, but it's still really gross. It's just real gross. Yeah. And this is where we learn that no one liked King in the league. Right. They're all like he's a total turd. He's he's a nightmare. He he dropped me on my head once, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But so they make a proposition with Joe Pantaleano that's like, "Okay, if you win, you get the belt, and I'll give you a million dollars, which is, like, the stakes of an actual fight. But again, like, it's not... Like, Diamond Dallas Page isn't a real fighter. Like, it's not... That's not how this should work. They're not real fighters. Why are we talking about this? Like, it's a real fight.
1: At one point, King is, like, you stole my
0: my championship belt from me. I earned that. I was like, you
1: didn't earn shit.
0: Yeah, I nothing mean, is real. Yeah, I mean, there is an argument to say that like I have earned it in the way of like an actor earns an Oscar, but that is not what Oliver Platt is talking about. No, it's it's
1: just frustrating entitlement that doesn't make any sense based on the kayfabe of this movie.
0: Right. So they go to this party, and my second legitimate laugh of the movie is when David Arquette is awkwardly hitting on Rose McGowan. And he's like, I have your poster on my wall, and she's like, Oh, which one is it? This one? And she does these poses, and he's like, No, it's this one. And he hops up on the hood and like looks over his shoulder, all sexy. I legitimately laughed. I'm sorry. I know it's embarrassing. I like that. One. No, I thought that one was a little funny.
1: But I also wrote that I actively want King to get hurt at this point. Yeah. No, he sucks. He sucks so hard. And then there's they're like, you know what? You know what? We have, what's a good way for us to add three minutes to the movie? King is gonna run away and fall down an open manhole cover, and then the next scene is them finding him, and is the, them getting him out of a building. Because... The, he, I was like, oh, he, oh, he fell down, the, he's hurt now. Yeah. Or he's he's gone missing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we have some drama, now yeah. we have some conflict. Yeah. No, no.
0: They just wanted him to fall down a hole, like in a cartoon, and then the joke being that the poop guys know how to figure out where the poop ends up, so they go get him.
1: Whoever wrote this movie can chew glass. <laughs>
0: Um, the best scene of the movie happens here, uh, which is they go to see Martin Landau's character, Sal Bendini, who's loosely based on like Stu Hart. Who's, do you know Bret Hart pink and black?
1: No.
0: Okay. Uh, the hearts were like a big Bret Hart is a hugely famous wrestler, but there were many Hart wrestlers. His brother died in a horrible accident. Uh, he fell from like very high and died in the ring during a pay-per-view. Um, but their dad, a pay-per-view. Yeah. It was really bad. Yeah. Um, But their dad was this legendary wrestler back in the tough guy era, and so he would have had this horrible wrestling school where he basically, like, actually tortured people. But that's basically what Martin Landau's character is. And I will say, Martin Landau is having a ball. Best part of this movie. uh, Yes, 100%. But also, he clearly is having a ball playing this character. Like, there should be so much more Martin Landau. So, when
1: they were going up to the building, because you just keep hearing, like, grunting noises, I was like, is it gay sex? Like, (laughs) is this going to be a gay sex thing? Yeah,
0: no. It's him beating up a bunch of children... Yes. It, it looks like the football team in Beetlejuice. It's the local high school wrestling team. <laughs> and they're all filing out like, <laughs> how did we survive the crash, coach? <laughs> yeah, one of them's got like his arm to sling. The other one's like bleeding a little bit. And as they walk out, he's like, remember, grab a joint and bend it till you hear a crackle or they screamed for you to stop. Until you hear, until car- you feel cartilage. Until you feel cartilage pop. That's what he says.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, So they start training and then
0: this is where you see so evident uh, that like Oliver Platt, bless him, is just the worst possible choice for this role. He's not an athletic person. He looks goofy in there and Landau is kicking the shit out of him. What
1: it should have been was there should have been like this should be like he's let himself go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like he used to be,
1: like, it's been five years since he wrestled, kind of thing.
0: Or he, since he cared about wrestling, now all he does is like drink beer and eat nachos. There you go. Yeah. 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 Way better. Speaking of nachos, the other, the other, you're going (laughs) to, the other legit laugh I have is when Rose McGowan comes over for a date and he. He's, he, he goes to Rose McGowan's for a date, and he says, buenos nachos. And she's like, oh, Gordy, I didn't know you spoke Spanish. And he's like, yeah, I took it in high school a bunch of times. And she asks if he's fluent, and he puts his hand on his forehead. It's like, no, I feel fine. And then he hands her a bunch of bananas instead of flowers. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, the, the guy I was like this moment. Yeah, that, that sequence, I was literally legitimately laughing. At. I think this is where I was like, all right, I'm back in on the movie. That was funny. Also, David Arquette and, can't use chopsticks in the sequence, he's and he's doing like, it like a baby. Yes, and he's just jamming like you know the like it's a skewer,
1: that he's jamming chicken on. And I just was so mad that Rose McGowan was interested in him because I was like, we no, right, nothing points to this. Well, now, we find told out me she
0: was into Scott Kahn. Con- I believe you. We find out very quickly that she's not. This is a ruse. And the tip off is that the all of the artwork in the entire apartment is just pictures of herself. <laughs> she <laughs> that's but like that seems
1: par for the course for like I'm vain. You know she has I
0: mean? yeah, she has like the Andy Warhol four color thing and then a different sequence of posters of her or of of paintings of her in her own bed in her bedroom. It's all very silly. They actually wrestle and fight and it's yes. weird. Yeah, it does. Uh, the co- He writes a letter to his cop dad, and his dad's really mad. And they go from this to they're trying to recruit help for Jimmy King. There's a John Cena cameo for like a half a second in this part in the gym. What? Yeah. you If you Google John Cena, ready to rumble, he, he gets into like a, a chest press machine. He has blonde frosted tips.
1: I was too busy looking
0: at Goldberg. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Goldberg is also here, and he explains that Jimmy King is a total nightmare piece of crap. And that's when I wrote, everything in this movie is designed to make me hate him. Yeah. And he's not trying to change himself. Right. Exactly. He's just like, other people need to help me. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Sid Vicious and Perry Saturn, for the wrestling fans out there, tried to break in to beat up and or kill Martin Landau. It's not clear. And he. So I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was Goldberg and Sid
1: Vicious. And oh, yeah, fair. Else. yeah, they are similar looks. And that's why I was like, oh, Goldberg that's why when Goldberg came nice at the end, I was like, you, wait, what?
0: So he puts both of them in the hospital, although they do eventually get the best of him. Uh, and then we have, like, a hospital rendezvous with Sal Bandini, which is a bummer because Martin Landau should be in the rest of the movie. Like, if he, yes, if he, he became should. the coach, the movie is ten times better. But he's like, always attack
1: a man. If Paulie can stick around for, yeah, the entire- exactly. for the entire fucking franchise,
0: then I think... Sal can hang around. And, like, how much could Martin Landau cost at this point in his career? Right? Like, come on. Probably not that much. So, uh, at this point, David Arquette finds out that Rose McGowan is betraying him when we see Joe Pantoliano in, like, one of the craziest offices I've ever seen in a movie. It's this, like, dark wood but also wrestling posters.
1: It's It's up there with the office from
0: Tango and Cash. Yeah. Yeah, for sure it is. So he gives him the big advice that you always attack a man's strengths because he won't expect that, which I thought was interesting. Uh, So then he tells him that it's like, okay, it's time to uh, get back to basics. We're going to go to our little hometown in the middle of nowhere and practice wrestling. But before that, we have to have like basically a whole Butterfinger ad in this movie.
1: Yeah, I didn't know what that was. They go see uh, not Rhea Perlman. Caroline Ray. Oh, my God. Rhea Perlman?
0: <laughs> Different movie, that's for sure, but also delightful. Okay, it's Rhea Perlman and The Wrestler's Danny DeVito, a la The Trashman from It's Always Sunny.
1: Better movie. <laughs> wait, wait. That
0: movie is so much better. So much better. So we go full road movie here. We go see Caroline Ray, like you were saying. But why does everyone in movies have those blue ice bags? I don't know. It's a very odd prop choice. I guess because there's no branding on it. Yeah,
1: and they are technically still available. Like, I see them in stores. But yeah. it's like, no one ever actually owns them, I find.
0: Uh, she kicks him in the nards a bunch, which is why he has the blue ice bag.
1: Yeah. And then, my, f- I think this might be my favorite line. Like, I'm going to start using this. She says, you can fry ice in hell.
0: Like, <laughs> see, for fuck see, off. See, you did get
1: something. Like, you did get like, something. Oh. Yeah, Caroline Ray gave me something. In- and <laughs> What's your favorite part of Ready to Rumble? A line from Caroline Ray. She's in that
0: movie. I mean, fair, yep. fair. Um, so they go back to the hometown. The dad basically kidnaps our cat and is like, "You're done with this wrestling crap." And then he says, "You won't be
1: wearing no sissy, you know, tights and touching other men." And I was like, "You touched him in literally the first scene when you yes. touched his balls." Yes,
0: <laughs> he, he, he literally the dialogue is, "You're touching my balls." So. They try to free Arquette and he won't come. So, like, all right, we're going to have to hold auditions. Boo-hoo. David Arquette's giving up on his dreams. <laughs> uh, so we basically have the audition scene for Mystery Men where they just... I wrote that too! <laughs> they just round up and a bunch of... And then I wrote, of, I want to rewatch that. I wonder if it holds up. <laughs> they round up a bunch of people who have, like, very 80s gimmicks of, like, I'm a fireman. We're Siamese twins. I... And then, of course, because it's the year two thousand, I'm a woman, and here are my boobs.
1: Yeah, I thought she was going to make an appearance later. Yeah, no, of course.
0: Uh, then, well, she Oklahoma. does. She goes with them to the ring. Oh, does she? Yeah the three the three people they take are like one big hot fireman guy, one random dude, and that this woman. But I
1: feel like they don't actually no do they anything.
0: they don't it's they come to the ring with Jimmy King, and then they're gone from the movie. They they take the Uber out that we should have taken to not to get in this movie.
1: Yes. So then uh Scott Kahn hooks up with the fairy godmother.
0: Yeah, he tracks he, he, butt. He 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 gives uh Laney, Laney Briggs or Laney Boggs the uh, Hard Rock Cafe t shirt he picked up for her. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought it was gonna be a wrestling t-shirt. So did I. Which
1: would make a lot more sense. Cause it's not like it's, it's like there's a way to make the joke of I bought you a Hard Rock Cafe New York City t-shirt and she yeah. can be like, oh, it's so fancy. Like I'll wear it like to like if they were in high school, I'll wear it to prom. Yeah, like, exactly. It'll be my fancy t-shirt.
0: I will say the the uh, w- w- we don't have to go to the whole big thing. But I find the proliferation of Hard Rock Cafe in an era where no one cares about rock music genuinely pretty fascinating. But right now. you mean Yeah, it's like still around. It's like no one cares about rock music. I mean, it's not really, like, doing strong, is it? I mean, it's still all over the place. But the surprising thing to me was, so right as you see Scott Kahn's butt, and also he has wrestler sheets, by the way, uh, they don't, like, everyone seems to be cheering both Scott Kahn and this woman for having had sex. Like, they aren't shitty to her. Like, I expected her to be slut-shamed for this moment, and she's not, which is great. Well, it was weird,
1: because I was like, she was like, I have a present for you. Come inside the trailer. And then we a bunch of stuff, little stuff happens, and the the trailer drives away. And I was like, "Do we not? We're not going to find out what happened?"
0: Yeah. And they they come tumbling out, wrapped in a blanket together, and you see Scott Kahn's butt. Of course, it's a nice butt, perfectly good. I, I, you know, I have no issue with him showing his butt all the time. It's just his signature move. Uh, so we go to the the wrestling show, and we see my childhood favorite Sting, who's there. I wrote the Undertaker. Though <laughs> <laughs> the, the other spooky guy. The WCW like spooky, spooky guy. wrestler. Yes. It's the Undertaker. Nope. Wrong, wrong league. Um, But Scott Conn is wearing a Halloween store pimp outfit. <laughs> it is a bright red zoo suit. I wrote... I wrote Tex Avery Cartoon Wolf. Yeah, no, that's Tex Avery Cartoon Wolf is excellent, excellent. Uh, And we see this insane three-tier cage that WCW actually used a couple times. And it is Was going to ask that question. Just as convoluted in real wrestling as it is in this movie. You got to, like, climb all the way to the top and get the title. And it seems very awkward to move around in.
1: Also, uh, Rose McGowan was promised to be head Nitro Girl. Correct, yes. And so they're... The way they show that is she has a white outfit when all the other girls have red, but she's still buried in the back.
0: Yeah, no, she's not in the front. I think it's because they have better choreo than Rose McGowan does IRL. I believe that. Uh, So they have this match. Uh, DDP gets powder thrown in his face, then he gets handcuffed. It feels like that wouldn't be allowed, right? I mean, it's like a common illegal bad guy tactic. For your
1: manager to do it, though? Yeah,
0: yeah. They, like, oh. you distract the ref, you throw the powder, then the ref turns around and doesn't realize the guy has powder on his face, then you hit him. It's like a big uh, bad guy thing. Hmm. Uh Also, uh, Oliver Platt does the classic Terry Funk cartoon move of you put the ladder over your head and you spin in a circle and just hit people with it. Yeah, I liked that moment. Yeah. Uh, all the good guys come out to try to help even the odds. Cause the bad guys were like hiding in the ring. And then David Arquette. And
1: one of them is, uh, is King's son.
0: Yes. Yes. Who, who is attacking his own dad. Uh, David Arquette roars to the ring on his motorcycle and breaks through the cage. At this point, Era, what is this movie? <laughs> the motorcycle, which would easily kill any of these people if it hit them somehow manages to just slide harmlessly into the ring. Uh, uh, uh
1: someone has a noose. Oh, also, uh, uh rose mcgowan takes a ladder to the head which yes. I, you see coming from 20 miles away
0: and they even in the movie he, scott Cot is like actively trying to warn her and she doesn't pay enough attention and gets hit with a ladder so it, it was a kind it of, looks like she dies yes she, she gets she does really just
1: like fall down dead. she falls down and they cut to her and her eyes are <laughs> wide open and she's yes. not breathing she does look dead um Uh, Diamond
0: puts a noose around King's neck and and hangs him for a bit like he yanks him up off his feet it's crazy all the cops are watching this and the dad's like my son almost threw away his future for this and they're like your son's got a future in this hee-haw and then he realizes his son's on TV yeah Um, more and more punching Oliver Platt falls for like a hundred (laughs) million billion stories and somehow
1: is fine yeah Oliver Platt's like should have to pull a batman and like go
0: recuperate in yes, Himalayas. he falls so far and it's not it's crazy that like spoiler alert the big fall hasn't happened yet but this one seems crazy yeah sting uh, shows undertaker, up not, undertaker. <laughs>
1: sting, not the undertaker sting shows up and uh knocks oliver and like knocks diamond down even though he was supposed to be aiming like fighting against uh the king and then he says like king's cool in my book But I don't understand why he like everyone else in the world of wrestling
0: in this movie has been like, he's a piece of shit. Yes. Except Goldberg kind of comes around on him later, too. So it's like everyone comes around. But at first he's like, hey, I was your partner and you vomited on me. Yes. Um, Okay, so uh, embarrassing factoid. I had the soundtrack to this movie. And one of the you things did? Oh yeah. Uh one of the things on the soundtrack to this movie is this bit of dialogue where Sting is like there's like a big thunk sound, and then it's like Sting's like, Jimmy King's alright by me. And then Scott Kahn's like, We're men, and we're not as afraid to say we love other men, and then the sound of Sting punching him out it was on the soundtrack to the movie. It just
1: no one told Scott Kahn that men don't say love. Right.
0: It's just the so, whole movie's mis- uh, homophobia implies it.
1: Yeah, I just was like, wait, this movie, this feels like a, a catharsis moment that isn't yeah. attached to anything.
0: Yeah, yeah. So at this point, Diamond Dallas Page takes an even bigger fall. He falls so far and into the ring, like the way that he spins and like flips around as he's falling, looks like he should land on his neck and just die. Like full yeah, like bag he of should put a, He should have put a hole in, this, in, this, in the ring. Yes, he should have. So Oliver Platt... Takes the title and he wins and everybody's happy. I wrote King won, but like he's not a better person. No, no. And then Mean Jean swoops in and immediately he's like, Have you given any thought to unifying the world championship with the tag titles? Which is in wrestling parlance just literally insane. That'd be like them being like, Have you thought about unifying the best actor category with best cinematography? <laughs> totally different. Totally unrelated. Uh, and then he's like, actually, I've got a new new tag team partner. Goldberg offers to be his tag team partner. He's like, I got a new one here. Gordy the Law. I thought it was going to be his kid. Oh, yes. That would have made much more he's sense. He's
1: like, I already have a tag team partner. Where is he? And I was like, oh, his kid. And yes. Because his kid just fucked off out of the movie. Right,
0: right. Smash cut to uh,
1: <laughs> we're at this the 7 This is that weird moment. No, this, then there was the weird moment where uh, Sinclair, the the like head of the WCW, yeah, is like, I made wrestling, and they're like, No, we made wrestling. The fans made wrestling, and then they throw him into the crowd, and he gets beat up. and, yeah. and he's crying, and that's why I was like, This feels like it's a jab at someone that I'm not. Yeah. I'm not privy yeah, to. Yeah, it
0: could easily be a Vince McMahon jab, but it's also just like the standard slob's v snobs ending. Yeah. Snobs, uh, slob's v slob's. <laughs> Smash cut to the seven eleven where Goldberg in full wrestling gear, not street clothes, throws Ahmed Zappa through the front door, which is like insanity. Could you imagine you're the clerk at a seven eleven and a man walks in wearing wrestling boots, wrestling trunks, and gloves? It would be so much clothing needed. Sorry, sir. Uh no, I think he can stay. <laughs> And then the end of the movie is one of the nitro girls pulls up in a stretch Hummer. And then we see the back of the stretch Hummer is Martin Landau in a hot tub in the stretch Hummer with two other nitro girls being like, I like that. Life is good. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, And then we end with a classic two thousands montages and outtakes. First, uh, when we smash go back to the Seven Eleven, it's Scott con
1: holding court in front of the same children. And I went, and he go and the kids like well that would be a one time incident and i was like if this was a fucking dream sequence oh
0: it does feel very dream sequence you're totally story right story
1: time movie <laughs> i'm going to snap my laptop in two parts mail it to trip
0: <laughs> oh man yeah i know it totally would it totally 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 sets that up you're right but mercifully it's not uh, well final thoughts <laughs> this movie blows <laughs> it's not good it's not good but i i have to say
1: i had a good time talking about it with you it was fun to talk about i guess but this movie <laughs> at,
0: what at what cost at what cost at what cost man <laughs> well that is the problem when you try to podcast on leap day um i guess we're just gonna have to go over to patreon where we can actually do ollie hoop noodle say oh i guess i should say you you would recommend this right of course absolutely not <laughs>
1: I would recommend sticking needles in your eyes. <laughs> Is there I would recommend taking E six thousand on the back of a contact lens and sticking that in your eye. Is
0: there any part of the movie at all that you would recommend? Any any moment that you would recommend? I'm curious. Yeah, uh, if okay. you
1: if you can find the first like three minutes on uh, YouTube okay. where you go into the seven eleven and there's a wrestling moment, like yeah. the wrestling Mad Dream sequence? Yeah. That's actually really art, like artfully shot almost. Okay, all right. I like those three minutes.
0: Okay, uh, okay. Uh, I also don't recommend that you watch this, but it is on stars if you're so inclined. It was a movie I loved as a kid. I had a lot of fun talking about it here with you, and I appreciate you taking this journey with me. Uh, you got to be careful of those three days. <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like I gave you Ghost, so you gave me this. No, the difference <laughs> is Ghost is a academy award winning film (laughs) well check us out on patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s where we will have the real ollie hoop noodles haven of bliss for you so you can find out what that's all about uh facebook.com slash dissecting the 80s at dissect the 80s on twitter Uh, we'd love to hear from you in any of those places don't forget to rate the show if you uh, are so inclined we'd love to love to have your review and uh, we will be back with our regularly scheduled programming on March 9th with the Kurt Russell film Used Cars I have been Trip I will always be Andrew Lano don't you forget about me let's head over to the Patreon for Ali Hoopnoodle's Haven of Bliss
1: When the Mega Powers Explode
0: I'm talking about the m- nineties. M- m- oh, yeah. Did he just say the nineties? I I swear he said the nineties. I feel like we were we were having we're having some problems with the savagenator because I swear he just said the nineties.
1: I, I we mention that at least once per episode. She's all that, <laughs> and I feel like it's... we mention it more than most people talk about the movie. She's all that.
0: Oh my god! I think we're doing. She's all
1: that. So kiss me.
0: Dissecting in the 80s is a chumsum of this production. Ow.
2: Uh things we're gonna cut out in editing, <laughs> And then she fired up by saying, Oh yeah, I'm not very good at it, as you could tell. <laughs>